Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored that you're joining us today. The word Kalos is a poorly pronounced Greek word that means beautiful. And we believe here at Kalos that the words and the ways of Jesus are very beautiful. That's why each week we're bringing content to make known that beauty. So let's go ahead and jump right in to this last Sunday's sermon. We are launching something on December, or not December, September 26th, where we are doing a 10-week discipleship intensive, where we're going to learn how to pray together, read the scriptures together, do outreach in groups of 10 to 14 people, learn basic theology, and I'm just so excited. Anybody here already signed up for one of our rooted groups? Come on, somebody. Anybody here signed up to lead a rooted group? Where my leaders at? Come on. I I love it, and I think this is going to really set the foundation for us to be the people of Jesus walking and accomplishing the mission of Jesus together. Amen. Amen. And so today I want to continue this series of being rooted in Christ to be good soil, allowing the seed of the gospel to take root in our hearts and to grow. But not just rooted in our hearts, but we want the seeds of the gospel to spread throughout our whole region. Amen. Where we're reaching people, seeing the power of Jesus transforming lives. And I want to share a fun joke this morning, and I want to talk about plants. Why are plants bad at being cheerleaders? Anybody know? Well, here's the answer. Because they only root for themselves. Plants. Come on, plants. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the pity applause. I'll take it. I will take it. You guys can make me a better preacher. The more you clap at those jokes, the more they're coming. Okay? When you amen and you give me some engagement, make this a conversation, I'm going to talk a whole lot better. All right? And so... We're going to talk about this responsibility we have to help people experience the growth of the gospel in their hearts. It's so important. I want to read a scripture where Paul the Apostle, who wrote most of the New Testament, he is sharing about the situation where people are arguing about the individual personalities that they're following. He's saying, you say, I follow Paul. Others of you are saying, I follow Apollos. Some of you are saying, I follow Wesley, or I follow Kelvin, or I follow Luther, and, or I'm a Christian, but uh, I, I follow the ways of Biden. I'm a Christian, but I, I follow the ways of Trump. And then Paul says in this scripture, wait a minute, this faith, this ministry, it's all about one person, and his name is Jesus Christ, amen, the King of Kings. It's not about you following Paul or Apollos. It's you following Jesus. And then he shares some amazing revelation about sowing seeds, watering those seeds, and experiencing a great harvest. And he says in 1 Corinthians 3, What then is Apollos? What is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. And so we believe that some of us plant seeds, some of us water those seeds, but ultimately it's God who brings the increase, amen? It's God who gets the attention and the glory of all power belongs to him. But I want you to notice that Paul calls himself a servant through whom you believe the gospel. He took responsibility for his part in sharing the gospel. And today, I want to encourage us to also take that same kind of responsibility, that we would see ourselves as servants responsible 
for planting seeds. You know, many of you know my family's story about how they were refugees from Sri Lanka during a civil war, escaped genocide, started a new life in Minnesota. But after that, they decided not to end their lives and they had this new start. They really went through a very difficult time adjusting to American culture. Eventually, my parents divorced and the American dream was no longer satisfying them and they were seeing that they needed something different because I was going through such a hard time. When my parents divorced, my, my story was really in a pit of darkness and despair. I felt so out of place in America. I never felt fully American, never felt fully Sri Lankan. And I, I felt like I didn't have a lot of friends my own age, or I didn't understand the jokes everybody had. And even me standing before you today, you're like, how could he not have friends? He's handsome and kind and intelligent and humble. But it, it wasn't always this way. Growing up as Pradeep and Jimanohar in, in Coon Rapids, Minnesota, you can imagine I had a hard time fitting in. And it was in those times where I, I, I just fell into a, a pit of depression. I didn't know where I belonged. I had a mustache at that time, even as a young man. But my mustache was not made out of hair. No, it was made out of chapped lips. It was a dark time in my life. And I, I remember as I was walking through this journey and my parents were separating, I started finding different groups of friends just trying to impress them trying to find desperately a place where I could belong, be accepted, be known. And I got into a group where we would just steal tens of thousands of dollars of equipment just for fun. We started to burn down buildings and lumber yards just for fun. And I started to get arrested and get in, in trouble with the police. And my dad had to pick me up from the police station one day, and he said, all right, you're no longer living with your mom because this is getting out of control. Our house got foreclosed on. My mom was mentally unstable. She was in and out of mental institutions. She started to live out of her car. I was going th down a path of destruction. So he said, all right, you're moving across the state. You're going to live with me. But then the, the pattern started again as I tried to fit in and get into these crowds. I, I just was looking for hope, looking for love in all the wrong places. And it never fully satisfied me. One day I was uh, at school, and it was a bomb threat at that school that day. So all the students had to go into the lawn, and I'm sitting there by myself. And there's this girl named Amy, and she approached me, and she said, Hey, would you like to come to my youth church with me today? And Amy was a beautiful girl. So I said, I will go anywhere with you. <laughs> beautiful girls don't talk to me are you sure you want to talk to me? And I, I went with her. I was like, yes, extracurricular activities, let's go. And I, I go to church, and it is filled with so many beautiful girls that all want to talk to me. I'm like, how has this been a secret? They're all friendly. They're all engaging. They're welcome to church. We're so glad you're here for the Evangelion and Sivara. I know, I'm like, thank you, Jessica. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you so much. And I, I started to go to the church, and I was invited to join the worship team, and I, I started to drum, and I, I wasn't even a Christian, but I was accepted. I was loved. I had a place to belong even before I believed, and I loved it. I, my friends then, they said, hey, we're going to go street witnessing, which means we're going to go share our faith and about the love of Jesus with random strangers. You want to come? I go, beautiful girls. I will go anywhere. Yes. And so we would go to gas stations and share about Jesus and our, our stories. And I led six people to Christ before I decided to follow Christ for myself. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. <laughs> God brings the increase. And I, I, in my time of darkness, saw a light. And it was the light of Amy inviting me to church. And it changed my life forever forever. It was the relief of an invitation. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt the relief of an invitation when you were on the outside looking in? It is life. It is hope. It is light. And I believe that we are responsible to extend that invitation to the people in our lives, our families, our co-workers, our friends. If baby Pradeepin would have encountered you, during that time of darkness, would I be a pastor today? If I would have encountered you as a follower of Jesus, would I be a Christian today, or would I still be in that pit of darkness? It's important that we see ourselves as servants of the gospel, taking responsibility for planting seeds, cultivating seeds, and seeing God bring an increase to that harvest. Amen. And so I, I want to share a couple of things, because the world desperately needs Jesus. And that's why Jesus said, if you are one of my disciples, because we're not just called to be believers, amen. We're not called just to be converts, amen. We're called to be disciples, which is another way of saying we are apprentices of Jesus. We want to become like Jesus. And Jesus says, if you truly are my disciples, I want to command you to do something. And I have all authority on earth. I have all authority in heaven, so I can actually tell you what to do. And this is what Jesus Jesus says right before he leaves the earth. He says this in Matthew 28, 19. It's something called the Great Commission. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So Jesus says, if you are a disciple, you will make more disciples. If you're not a disciple, the proof is you're not making disciples. And I think this is a tragedy in the American church because, let's be honest, the Great Commission has turned into the Great Omission, and many of us rather spend our time making excuses than making disciples. And I don't think that's okay. I think we need to take responsibility and see ourselves as servants of the gospel. And I know it's scary. I know it's awkward. I know we don't think like we're good enough or theologically in tune enough. I know many of us don't think we have the character. We're like, I still have doubts. How could I share my faith? Yet, for those of us who are saying, I want to follow Jesus, he commands us to do so in the Great Commission. First thing... I want to share with you is this. God's plan for making disciples is us. And there is no plan B. God's plan for making disciples is you. 
And there is no alternative. He says, we are servants through whom you believe the good news. Are you a servant where others can believe the good news through? This is so important. We share a lot of things in our lives. We love to share memes. We love to share TikToks. We love to share Facebook posts and Instagram. We like to share about movies we watch. We like to share meals and drinks and experiences together. But this morning, I want to challenge you. If you're going to share anything with anybody, make it Jesus. He is worthy of being shared. And sharing the gospel can be really intimidating, but I want to let you know it's as easy as sharing a review on Yelp. It's as easy as sharing a review on Amazon's. We are called to be witnesses, which simply means we will share what we've experienced. And how many of you this morning have tasted and have seen that our God is good? That he is worthy, he is amazing, that the people of God can be good. Because so many people have had ugly experiences when it comes to faith or religion, and that's all they know about. And a lot of times, the only voices people are hearing from are the crazy Christians, the weird Christians. But I, I think we need to step up and say, hey, we're not that crazy, and God is maybe more amazing than you believe. Because a lot of people have seen the misrepresentations of Jesus, but when you actually look at the words and the ways of Jesus, it's so beautiful, amen? It's the misrepresentations that are ugly. And I am praying that more people have an experience like me that, wow, I was looking for hope, and I entered a place of beautiful women. Can I get a good amen? And I saw place of the beautiful gospel. Do we have some beautiful women in the house of God this morning? I think we do. Amen. 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 You know, there are times, though, where we love to share about the church, about Jesus publicly, and it's usually when there's something scandalous. We'll talk about the church. Oh, that pastor did something wrong. Oh, that church was bad. And we're happy to talk about it in that context. But I want to encourage us, let's not just give reviews of bad things, but of good things as well. Have you ever noticed that when you have a good experience at a restaurant, you don't care to share, but when you have a bad one, you're like, oh, I'm going to tweet about this. Well, there's someone in our midst who does this quite often, and her name is Yuna. Say hi, Yuna. Can you raise your hand? She's right here in the front row, and we love Yuna, right? We love her. She's a woman of God. She's on the lead team. She helps make Kalos possible. She loves God, loves the church, loves the people here. But sometimes she gets a little feisty on Yelp, all right? It gets a little crazy. Uh, should I share one of those reviews with you? Would you like, okay, you know, is that okay? I actually got her permission for this, all right. I'll make this short. You're going to see some sass. I'll make this short just like every single wing and drumstick in our order tonight. My fiance, now I'm married to Nathan, and I ordered the 15 out of 15 wing bundle for $29.99. And when we opened the box for traditional wings, we started laughing in pure shock at the teeny, tiny bones covered in bite-sized pieces of meat. I can just imagine her typing. <laughs> I would not take the time to complain about one or two or even three pieces that were itty-bitty like the one picture. Look at the photos. They almost look cute, but the entire box was filled with these shrunken, sorry, excuse for wings. Can you imagine the size of actual meat once the bones were pulled out? 
If this is the new size for our blank wings because of the challenging times we're in, at least rebrand and update your website to reflect the calorie count for each one. She's just giving the marketing advice. Probably should say about 10 calories per wing. Two stars because at least they got all our sauces right, even though we had 15 times more sauce than meat. Can we give it up for Yuna? Some sass. <laughs> And so we are happy to share bad reviews, but can I encourage you to share some good reviews, amen, <laughs> that we have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, and I think the world ought to know that. So if you're going to share anything, share Jesus. I, I love that. And I, I want to hit kind of close to home, but how many people here ended up at Kalos because of something they found online? A Facebook, like ad, Google Maps, something like that. All right, the majority of the people in this room found Kalos online. That is convicting to me because we're the ones who are called to fill, fulfill the Great Commission, not Facebook. And I don't want us to put our hope and our trust in Facebook, but the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen? Amen. That is really important for us because... Facebook is sharing all about Kalos, inviting people into our community, sharing the gospel. Most of the people who end up at Kalos Church are here so because of something they saw online. But my hope and my dream is that one day most people here will come because we are a community fulfilling the Great Commission. Because someone took the time to say, hey, I think you should come to church with me. I think you should learn more about Jesus. I think some of the answers that you've been looking for are found in the King of Kings. That's my prayer. You know, it's kind of ugly, right, when a church becomes about one man or woman. Have you ever noticed that? When it becomes just a personal personality-driven community, it can be kind of ugly. It can be kind of distorted because this is all about Jesus. Amen? Amen? And that's why we regularly say this is not about the jivas. It's about Jesus. Uh, and so when we use this platform to build a name for ourselves as spiritual leaders, we kind of cringe on the inside. That's not okay. Girls, this should be about God. Well, what do you do with your platform that God has entrusted you with? If I looked at your social media and I saw the messages that were coming out, the things that you're sharing, the posts, would I say this person is trying to create followers of Jesus or followers of themselves? right? With the same judgment we judge church leaders, do you hold yourself to that same standard? If someone looked at the words of your life, the money you spend, the time you invest, would I say this person's only investing in building their great name or lifting up the name of Jesus so that the whole world could see our review and taste and see that the Lord is good? That's convicting. And I want to challenge us this morning. Let's do a better job of fulfilling the Great Commission than Facebook. Amen? Amen. Amen. You tracking with me? Because the world needs Jesus. Second thing I want to share is this. And this maybe will lift some of the, the weight you're feeling today with this responsibility. Because we trust God to bring the increase. And the second point I want to share is this. God is more concerned with the seeds you plant than the harvest you reap. God is more concerned with the seeds you plant than the harvest you reap. We plant seeds, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. Some of us, we don't like to try something unless we're guaranteed success. Anybody here with the fear of failure? 
You don't like to play a sport. You don't like to do that hobby. You won't take that class. You won't take that job unless you're confident you're going to succeed. But in the great words of Michael Scott slash Wayne Gretzky, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, and everybody said amen. (laughs) And some of us, we have this fear of failure, and what it causes us to do when it comes to sharing our faith, the fancy word evangelism, is we start to judge people before God does. We say things like, oh, that person will never follow Jesus. Oh, that person would never come to church. That person would never want to read the Bible with me. That person would never want me to pray for them. Oh, that brown Sri Lankan boy with the long name, he probably has another faith. I shouldn't invite him to church. I might offend him, right? We make these kind of excuses because of a fear of failure. But here's the thing. God is responsible for the harvest. God is responsible for the increase Our responsibility is to simply be obedient and share the seeds of the gospel. Amen? Amen. God, rather have us be faithful than successful. Let me say that again. In your life, you're called to obedience, not success. God, rather you be faithful than successful. How many seeds are you planting? How many plants are you watering? This is so important in our faith. I, I, I received a message, actually all of us did, on our Slack channel that the whole Kalos Church is invited to be part of. And this, this man who's part of our church, Charles Lord, wrote a really encouraging message. He said, I, I feel like I haven't been able to lead anybody to follow Jesus. I feel a responsibility to make disciples, but I feel like, am I doing something wrong? Because it's just not happening. I don't know even where to start, but I, I'm going to keep trying. So he started sharing like Facebook videos and YouTube videos of just Kalo sermons and sharing that and getting the word of God out there. And finally, this girl reached out to him and said, hey, I, I see that you're a follower of Jesus and I don't exactly know how to follow him. I don't know how to experience the transformed life I see in your life. Could, could you help me to follow Jesus? He's like, Yes! <laughs> this is awesome! And so he said, I, I just remember the prayer that we pray after every Kalos sermon. And so I just pulled that up and, and we read that together and I explained what it meant. And she prayed the prayer of salvation and she decided to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior of her life. Can we give the Lord a good praise for that? And uh, he was so encouraged, but he wrote this message for us because this person reached out out of the blue when he was feeling discouraged. And and, and he just wanted to say, like, this was not a one-stop shop. I did not do this alone. He said countless others came along in her life who planted, who watered, who were there for her, sharing Jesus many times, even without her realizing it. And I was just blessed enough to see the work they've done and participate in that piece of her journey. Kalos has been a blessing, not to just the members or community, but reaching through connections further and wider. The work you do reaches further than we realize in this life. But also, I say this all to remind you that as we reach out, you may not see the fruit. But if you daily go and seek to be his hands and his feet in the dark places and people's lives that you have taken his word, it will not return void. Amen. The word of the Lord will not return void. You may feel discouraged at times, but you don't need to be that one-stop shop to make an eternal difference in people's lives in his kingdom every day. And I, I've noticed when I take the bold step to say, Lord, all right, the increase is yours, but I'm, I'm just going to plant the seed. 
When you step out in faith, coincidences happen. Amen? You start to see the miraculous. You start to see prayers answered. You start to see people following Jesus. You start to see people saying, thank you for giving me the relief of an invitation. Thank you for helping me find Jesus. And we aren't called to be successful, but faithful. And even Paul the Apostle, the one who wrote this, he says, I'm not the perfect person, but I work hard to plant seeds. He says in 1 Corinthians 15, For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I love this phrase, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. I love that. I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach. And this is what you believed. Isn't that powerful? It's by the grace of God we are what we are. So I'm not saying, hey, take the heavy burden of people's salvation and take responsibility. But take the burden of saying, I'm going to plant seeds. I'm going to invite people to church. Every invitation is a seed. I'm going to help people to follow Jesus. I'm going to get people together to pray that there would be a great harvest. We're going to pray for the lost people in our work. We're going to water that seed. We're going to pray for the lost people in our family. We're going to water that word. We are going to see God do amazing things, but he gets all the glory. But we will work harder than anybody else to see it happen. Amen. I love this phrase that says, hey, I will, I will work as if everything depends on me, but I will pray as if everything depends on God. And when that happens, miracles, coincidences happen. Transformation happens. How many of you want to see God transform lives for his glory? I know I do. Third thing I want to share is this. Let's expect God to grow the church. Let's expect that he is going to bring an increase. We are responsible for creating the most inviting place on earth. We, as people of God, have been commissioned to invite people into our lives, into our homes, into our hearts, into our faith. This is our responsibility. Many of us, though, have been taught this, this line. Share the gospel, and if necessary, use words. And I want to declare today, it is necessary that you use words. We are called to teach everything Jesus taught. We believe that the word of God will not return void. I remember when I was in high school, I would go to the cafeteria. I didn't have a lot of friends, like I said. And have you ever had that moment where you don't know where to sit? Where will I be excluded? Where will I be accepted? Well, that's the popular table. That's the sports table. Uh, There's just no room for me. You kind of sit alone and... I remember seeing Christians in their Christian tables, and they, they just looked so beautiful. Remember the beautiful women? They just looked like they were laughing, and they had this special bond because there is true unity when we're unified in Jesus, amen? And I, I saw that, and I recognized that. And, and I remember people were taught, like, if you just live a good life, and you're just joyful, and you just smile a lot, people will just learn to ask the right questions. Hey, I noticed you were smiling a lot. How do I have a faith in Jesus Christ? In my experience, that does not happen very often. People are looking for the relief of an invitation. I would see this group of people, and I would just think the light that they were shining was blinding. You know, there's an old song, a newsboy song that went like this. Shine, make them wonder what you've got. 
make them wish that they were not on the outside looking in. And so our early 90s evangelism strategy was let's be super exclusive and make other people insecure. And that is horrible when you're someone like me. When you're, you're from a refugee family, never feeling like you fit, fit in. Feel like you don't understand the jokes, you understand the clothing styles, you're not watching the same shows. You just feel like that's an exclusive group and I will never be as cool as them. Have you ever felt that way? When I say a group of popular people, I don't just think, oh wow, they're so popular and happy. I will just be accepted. Nobody feels that way. It's intimidating. It's scary. And that's why it's so necessary for us to provide the gospel with words, the gospel of hospitality, the gospel of an invitation, the gospel of Jesus who went where he didn't belong to help all of us to belong. And that's our call today. Will you go and reach out to people? And you might be saying, well, the Great Commission is just about making disciples. It's not about inviting people to church. But I'm just saying, if you're not having a lot of success of helping people make a decision to follow Jesus Christ in your individual life, maybe as the church, we're better together. Maybe we can do more together by creating the most inviting place in Seattle. What if we could partner, like it says in the scripture, each of us did the work the Lord gave us, right? Each of us did, some of us set up chairs, some of us greeted people at the doorway, some of us played instruments, but each of us did the work God gave us so that we could create a radically hospitable environment where people can belong even before they believe and taste and see that the Lord is good. Wouldn't that be a beautiful church? I think it is. And you know, next week, we are turning four years old as a church. And this church is just a testimony of the goodness of the Lord. So many of us have made friends that we didn't know, even one year ago, two years ago. And I believe that the Lord is going to bring more increase. And I want to be ready for that. I'm so excited we're turning four, and I believe the best is yet to come. And I'm a little depressed that half our church life has been in a pandemic. That's weird, right? That's so weird. But this is our responsibility. You know, inviting students to school will help them with their education. Inviting people to church will help them become disciples. I really, really believe that. And so I want to thank you for all the hard work you guys are about to do to invite your friends to serve here at Kalos Church. It's going to make a radical difference. Because I, I want to share this. I was only invited to church one time. And it changed my life forever. And there are little Pradeepans who are going to feel the relief and invitation from you and you and you. And it's going to change their life forever. Even now, maybe the Holy Spirit's putting someone on your, your heart and mind. And he's saying, would you go after the one? Would you go after their heart? Would you help them feel like they're not in a pit of darkness alone? Would you help them feel like nobody cares about them? Would you help relieve that feeling? Would you bring them to the family of God? And so practically, I want to share some challenges. The first challenge I want to ask you to do is, would you invite someone to our fourth birthday service next Sunday? I believe it could transform their lives. Bring them to the Hilton Garden with you. And we're going to share some videos and pictures on our social media. Would you share that? 
We even have a picture on our website, kalosetcher/birthday, and uh, it's a picture. Can you post that picture of a crowd? And it's a, it's just a bunch of people that says, "I'm going to Kalos Church on Sunday. Anybody want to join me?" And I know this is corny, but it might be an entryway for someone to just comment. Yeah, I would love to go, or DM. Yeah, I would like to go. So just put that on your social media. You might even see yourself in there. And so I, I challenge you: bring someone to church with you. Number two. I want to ask you, would you sign up to volunteer at Kalos Church so that we can be ready to receive people and give them a great experience in the community of God? There's pieces of paper on your chair. Would you just take a moment and fill that out if you're not on our volunteer dream team? And then once you fill that out, we have a table in the back. Just drop that off. And even if you leave it at your chair, we will find it. Sign up so that we can reach people with our different gifts and strengths and each do our own part to advance the kingdom. And the last one is, would you invite someone to join one of these rooted small group intensives with you? Because we're going to have these small groups of 10 to 14 people, a 10-week hands-on discipleship experience. We're going to learn theology. We're going to practice spiritual disciplines. We're going to do outreaches in a place where we can know, we're going to share our testimonies and our life stories with one another. And people are going to find amazing godly community how amazing would it be if you reached out to someone and said hey i'm doing this 10-week challenge will you join me i think they will and so you can go to kalos.church rooted and you can see how you can sign up and you can share that link with someone and i believe that together we will see god do amazing things so today will you take the challenge of planting seeds watering those seeds and then trusting that god will bring the increase let's pray Thank you so much for joining us for the Kalos Church Podcast. Hey, if you feel comfortable, we would love to see you and meet you in person. We meet at 945 and 1130 every Sunday at the Hilton Garden Inn in downtown Bellevue. If you want to join us, head to www.kalos.church. You can get all the information you need and sign up so we can make sure there's a safe place for you to come and experience the beauty of Jesus with you. We'll see you next time.